Hey there, are you sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? Join Adol Kozilski and Fagy Stern as they explore ways to reverse chronic illness and achieve vibrant health. Your health is your only wealth and together we can be better. Hashtag Healthy You, Wealthy You. Hey, very great. Good morning. It's cloudy outside. You can hardly see where you're going. So what I suggest is that you get yourself a hot chocolate, a warm blanket, and we're going to entertain you and talk to you for the next three quarters of an hour about your health. Good morning. I am Adel Kozilski and with me, Faggy. Good morning, Faggy. Good morning, Adel. Listen, I'd rather be here than in Montreal with minus 40 and snow all over the place, so I'm happy. Today, today, today's a sunny day, right? <laughs> today's spring for Montreal. <laughs> life, life is always relative. Okay, we've got a very, very interesting topic to discuss today, and it actually comes on the heels of me personally going through a lot of um, rehabilitation um, to do with my um, my dentistry. I've, I've just come out on the other side, and um, we're going to be talking about early preventative dentistry for children, because really, at the end of the day, I was discussing with with my dentist that I am the product of bad dentistry and not knowing how to handle um, all the different difficulties that, that children have with dentistry. So if you'd like to join this conversation or you want to have, um, you have any questions for our guests, remember our SMS line is 34519 and our telegram number is 061-895-1019. Today we are going to be speaking with Dr. Megan Cumley. She has a bachelor in medical sciences from the University of Pretoria. She uh, qualified cum laude from the University of Pretoria with dentistry, a postgrad diploma in orthodontics from McGann University in America. And you think she'd have stopped studying. She's currently busy with a postgrad in advanced restorative dentistry. And her special interest is orthodontics, growth and development in children, and technological advances in dentistry. Quite something. Good morning, Megan, and thank you for joining us today. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for having me. Okay, so before we start, and we, we are going to uh, maybe barrage with a whole lot of questions, maybe give us a little bit of an insight about who you are, how you came with all these incredible uh, uh, degrees, and why you are where you are today. So I grew up in a small town in Mpumalanga called Sabi. And um, as you know, there you're a bit limited with, um, should I say, um, special special interests, and you, you're a little bit limited with your medical professionals. So I had um, a range of dentists, one which was um, excellent, and the rest which weren't so good. And going through that, um, I really decided that there's a massive um, gap in the market for not only someone who can um, make people feel comfortable in the chair, but also someone who is really skilled and passionate about making people feel comfortable, changing those stigmas, those negative stigmatisms towards dentistry, and really just um, trying to give your patients the best that you can. Um, and definitely that's why I went into the profession, um, to try and improve um, just basically those negative stigmas towards dentistry. Did you have did you have bad experiences growing up with 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 the dentist? I mean, were, were, were things maybe done the wrong way or handled the wrong way that 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 you know made you change to this course? Absolutely. Um, so specifically, my sister, she although we'd been going to a dentist every year since we were young, 
um, eventually it got to the point when she was about 16 and the orthodontist said, no, there's nothing else that we can do for you, but um, you need jaw surgery. And it takes it, it, it's a bit of a shock hearing that when you feel like you've done everything right. You, um, my mom specifically as the parent, took her to a dentist every year. She was never told, listen, there's issues. We can see that there's going to see, be problems when she grows up. We can see that there, are, that there are going to be big issues that we are going to have to try and correct. We were never told that. It was just, a, oh, whoops, she hasn't been growing well. Now she needs surgery. And that's what really made me so passionate about early interceptive orthodontics and predicting these issues to say, sure, this six or eight-year-old, I can see the problems. Surely the best thing isn't to watch and wait until they are older and past growth, and then you do something about it. Surely you can predict these problems intervene and allow them to grow normally into adulthood rather than saying wait oh there's a problem yes let's wait until they're 13 and 16 and then it's it's too late so it really is acting young is much more beneficial to your child than leaving and watching and waiting the problem I think that there's a complete turnaround over here because yes like I, I remember I recall very clearly that, you know, you could have skew teeth and, and there was nothing you could do. The only thing we could do is maybe pull out a couple of teeth to make room for more teeth. And it seems now that, that the, the, the new way of thinking is actually the reverse. Um, yes. So let's, let's start talking about that, uh, right, by, by what you're saying that the fundamental foundation here is no, don't wait until you're 13, 14 to be put into orthodontics. Let's talk about what problems. Maybe maybe let's discuss a couple of, of of ideas of things that children present them with, and then let's talk about alternatives of how to help help the situation now, as opposed to waiting till it's either too late or you you know you, you've got to have surgery or you end up with TMJ problems or like yes. me, I walked around with chronic neck ache for thirty five years. My teeth are now correct, my bite is correct, my TM joint is working properly. My neck ache went away. For 35 years, I walked around believing I had a sore neck. I didn't. Yeah, but I think that's a very good point because TMJ is so is is so common out there, and there are people that are suffering with migraines, suffering that are you know doing the Botox injections into their jaw, and it could just be a dentistry concern or issue from when they were younger. So, Megan, you want to go ahead? Absolutely. So that you're absolutely right, Adel. Is that traditional approach of um of intervening with brackets and wires when they are 13 um, the problem with that is that then you have missed that massive growth phase so your options then are either camouflaging the problem um, if you have a very small jaw if you have a space issue um, then they extract teeth um, if you have a massive discrepancy between the upper and lower jaws then the option is surgery if you can't camouflage the problem um, but if you don't um, intervene when they are younger by predicting these issues. So for example, have a look at everything holistically. Look at what is the relationship of the upper and lower jaw? What is the size of the upper and lower jaw? What is the muscle function like? And you say, are all these things working in equilibrium? So things such as um, mouth breathing, thumb sucking, um, all those things when you are young, has such a massive impact on the growth and the development of your jaws. 
If you think about, for example, where the upper and lower jaws sit in relation to the skull, our upper jaw is basically housing your airway. And as you know, breath is life. Um, our lower jaw, the, the base of the TMJ, we've got all those very, very important um, nerves and structures that run down there. Everything is so close together. It goes much more beyond my child's teeth are skew. And that's the problem is often parents end up taking their children to an orthodontist at 13 because they have skew teeth. But actually skew teeth are more of a symptom of an underlying structural issue. Um, and what I mean by that, for example, is I, I love using mouth breathers as, as an example. Um, when you're breathing through your mouth rather than passively through your nose, your jaw is always sitting open. You're fatigued, long faces. Um, you're not taking in enough oxygen. Um, so what you really need to focus on is actually trying to improve the structure, change the habits when they are young. Um, and I'll get into that um, much more thoroughly as, as we carry on through today. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. This is 101.95 FM and we are discussing early intervention um, with children. Uh, Megan, just before we went for the break, let's let's dig in deeper now. What causes, what are our symptoms for things for parents to look at when the kids are young that, you know, should already be ringing bells and, you know, we should be doing something proactive? Absolutely. So the most common cause of these things is, is unfortunately genetics. So what you'll see often in a, in a grandparent or a mom or dad or even siblings, um, that can be carried over to, to your kids. Um, but what's very, very interesting is that habits and improper, improper habits more specifically, that impact and that ability to change the expression of genetics is very, very interesting. So it starts from a young age, feeding positions, for example. Um, I don't think many people teach moms how the position that they should be feeding their baby in and the impact that that has on swallow patterns, on your strength of your tongue, and making sure that that tongue is functioning properly to allow for proper growth and development of, of the upper and lower jaws. Um, but things like dummies, dummies great until the age of three. Um, even to pass that point, the damage is irreversible and then it becomes quite difficult to fix. Um, fortunately, though, in the case of a dummy is that you can take it away and it's gone. Bigger issues comes with the thumb. The thumb is one of the most challenging thing for a dentist to correct because it is always attached to the body. So to try and get rid of a thumb is very difficult. But the focus on the dummy and or thumb, what is it doing in the mouth? I mean, there's always this argument, right? You always got to try to find the balance because you go speak to the, the, the children's psychologist, they're going to say, you know, the kids need comfort. Don't take away their comfort. So how, how do you balance all of that? And what does the dummy and or thumb sucking do to the mouth of the child? And to add to the question, Megan, is all about like speech therapy. You know, I, when I came to you and discussed mm -hmm. my son, the fact that he had like that underbite, obviously uh, the, the dummy and the thumb could have an effect on the mouth and the structure of the mouth and their speech that, and their speech. Absolutely. So it's all linked. Everything is linked. Speech issues, breathing issues, even tonsils, adenoids, ENTs, you work very, very closely with them. But the biggest issue with the thumb and the, and the dummy 
is that your thumb is sitting up against the roof of the mouth, against your palate. Um, your tongue should be sitting there. And your tongue, which is nice and broad, if it's sitting on top of your palate, you get that proper growth that you should have of your upper jaw. If your thumb is sitting constantly in the top of the palate, you tend to get that closed in upper jaw rather than having that tongue sitting there, which is not only allowing the lower jaw to close properly and things like that, but it's actually the growth of the upper jaw, which is restricted. And like I said earlier, the upper jaw houses your airway. If you have a narrow upper jaw, you have a restricted airway, which means your kids will struggle to breathe. They will struggle to sleep at night. Although you think that they are very, very deep sleepers, they will go through phases of waking and, and um, deep sleep, which means they're more likely to wet the bed because their reflexes aren't as strong as what someone would be who's sleeping normally. More likely to have um, sleep disorders like clenching and grinding, snoring, sleep apnea, all those sort of things are linked to sleep disorders. But actually the airway, because breath is life, that is that is the, the ultimate um, end goal is by improving the size of the upper jaw, you are essentially allowing your kids to grow but function normally. If kids aren't sleeping at night, if they aren't able to breathe at night, how on earth are they supposed to function throughout a day? How are they supposed to concentrate? Um, so ADHD, um, even visual problems, kids who have problems with sight, where does the, where does the upper jaw sit? Your, your eye socket, the base of the eye socket is directly linked to the upper jaw. If you have discrepancies in size with the upper jaw, these kids struggle to see, they're impinging on the optic nerve, all sorts of things. So it really does go much more beyond teeth. Although these kids, because they have a narrow jaw, a smaller jaw, they will have crowded teeth. They will have space problems. You will see that as, oh, no, my child's teeth are skew. Yes, that is a problem. But like I said, it is a symptom of the issue. The actual issue is a structural issue between the upper and lower jaws. Um, and that is why something like a thumb, it seems so simple. And when they're young and they're a baby and an infant, yes, please don't take away their thumb. Don't take away the dummy. But it gets to the point when they are two years old, all those habits need to try and be intervened and stopped. Is it, uh, I know that, that in, in my day, a dummy was a dummy. It was just a piece of rubber. Now today, you're going to have, you have a PhD. All different shapes and sizes. Yes. Technology has completely changed. Now, just now with my new grandson, there's yet another three different dummies on the market. They look like they've fallen out from, from a UFO. Like, if, 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 so we're going to agree that, you know, the child needs comfort. Um, and obviously a dummy is far better than a thumb. <laughs> Because that is, as you said, we could take it away. Do you have um, any guidance that you can give regarding dummies? Like, which what are there better dummies than others? Without like giving brand names, but are there better dummies? What should we be looking for in a dummy? Absolutely, um, a lot of dummies that you'll see on the market have a smaller sort of tip end, and that is the issue that it doesn't mimic the tongue. What you should be looking for in a dummy is a flatter dummy tip. Um, sometimes you might struggle to find it um, in pick and pay or the or the general stores, but most of your of your um, your more specialized or ones that have more options, they will definitely have dummies which have a wider, flatter surface. And moms might think, "Oh, wait, that looks way too big for my baby's mouth." Obviously, follow the the age guidelines, but you really should be looking for a dummy that's flatter 
um, mimicking the tongue rather than one that's round um, with that little nozzle tip. And 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 flatter and shorter, like like longer is worse, right? It depends. Um, it should be the length isn't so much of an issue, but more the actual width of the of the dummy tip. And, and does the same thing apply if if a child is being bottle fed? Like, will will the teeth? Again, because there, there are the odd never mind only bottle fed, but like lying down in their bed at night with a with a bottle. What's in that bottle? Right. Okay. Exactly. Never mind the shape of it. Let's discuss that. <laughs> what about the teeth of a bottle, and what about what you're giving in the bottles? Absolutely. So bottle feeding has a number of issues. Firstly, obviously, milk, even though it is it is milk, unfortunately, it can cause cavities because it is still sugar. And um, a lot of parents think that if you leave the bottle next to the baby at night, then they won't wake them up because they'll grab their bottle, which is great in theory. I know moms are tired. I know that they want to have a great night's sleep. But the problem is the long-term impact of that baby grabbing the bottle and constantly sipping throughout the night, you can end up with massively broken down baby teeth. And the thing is, is that although these baby teeth are going to be replaced, is they are exceptionally important, not only for function, for chewing, obviously, but for growth and development. And early loss of baby teeth can be one of the biggest issues in normal growth and development, because by losing a tooth early, you lose all that um, function on the bone and it doesn't allow you to grow normally. Um, so that is a very big issue. But most importantly in growth and development with these bottles is that if you are lying down, so if you do a, a quick example of it now, if you tilt your head backwards and try and swallow, you will struggle to swallow. That is because you are trying to swallow with the wrong facial nerves when you are lying down. So these kids that are constantly grabbing for their bottle and they're lying down, you train improper swallowing function. It's either called the reverse swallow or swallowing with the facial nerve. And the problem with that is that if you train that incorrect tongue swallow from a young age, firstly, we need to retrain it. But the biggest problem with that is that then your tongue isn't pressing against the top of the mouth like you should, and you aren't getting proper growth of the upper jaw. The problem as well with that swallowing is that you stick that tongue in between the upper and lower teeth, and that usually causes forces on the teeth, causes those teeth to flare, causes a gap between the upper and lower teeth, because the teeth will stop moving until they, they'll stop moving if they feel like there's a force against them. That should be the teeth. But in the case of improper swallowing, your body thinks that it's the teeth there. Meanwhile, it's the tongue. And that causes big issues with, with the actual function and your structure. So then just in terms of, 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 of bottle teeth, we should also still go look for the flat one, not, not the, the, the long round nipple looking, looking one. And kind of give it to them when they need it and not let them walk yeah. around with it all day. And maybe, maybe the, 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 uh, better thing to do, and I'm thinking out aloud, is not to give the baby the bottle, but those, like, the those cups and things, yes. then that, that, that will help. So don't walk around with the bottle, try to get the baby onto a cup as, as much as possible. So let's just talk about this, this, this overcrowding. So 
Um, I theoretically, I'm saying theoretically because I don't, but I now have a four or five or six or seven year old, like they, 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 half their teeth are coming out, they, they're like growing in all different directions, teeth are all crooked. Um, before we used to say, just pull out, you know, your premolars or something, let's make space and whatever have you. And when you're 13, 14, you've got to go for orthodontics. I'm bringing that kid to you now. What are you going to say to me? So obviously it is very case dependent, obviously, but yes. the biggest thing is that you need to diagnose correctly. And rather than looking at the skew teeth, you need to stay, take a step back and decide why is this happening? Why has this happened? So you need to look at things like habit. What you also need to look at is things like structure. Um, have these kids had massive um, tonsillitis issues? Have they had middle ear infections? Um, things like that as well. The biggest problem, because you, you mentioned it before, why? Where is the link between bad teeth, tonsillitis, and and ear infections? Yes. So tonsillitis specifically, it's a bit of a which came first, the chicken or the egg? When you are mouth breathing, your tonsils become more inflamed and swollen, which means they are taking up more of your airway. So more airway means you struggle to breathe through your nose um, and you'll breathe passively through your mouth. Once again, which came first, chicken or the egg, if you can't breathe through your nose passively, your tonsils will become more inflamed and swollen. So that's where structural issues come into play. And that is where ENTs often get involved. Often you need to have those adenoids and those tonsils removed. Um, but it could also be a structural issue that's causing the problem. Is it that upper jaw that is too narrow that's causing the inability to breathe? And that's where it comes in a multifactorial approach is just removing the tonsils. Is that going to help the issue? Just um, correcting the size of the upper jaw with me, is that going to correct the issue? Is that going to correct the speech? Um, and that's where other um, facets also come in, speech therapists to help um, with the speech as well. And often by creating and correcting all these things, you will notice not only a difference in the teeth, there will be more space for the teeth. The teeth often come into place. And if there was some crowding, it corrects. But more importantly, these kids are more able to live a healthy, healthy, happy life. They're able to concentrate in school because they're breathing properly. They are able to um, perform better in sports. They are generally sleeping better. Their visions improve. All these things improve because you are looking at the child holistically and treating them um, correctly, not just for the skew teeth. With the tonsillitis, isn't also mouth breathing, doesn't that affect the bacteria that comes into your Absolutely. mouth? Yes. So you don't have the same receptors when you're breathing through your mouth. Your your nose has all sorts of cilia and basically protective cells that, that filters the air. It also cools down the air or warms the air. Um, it creates the correct temperature that you need for that body to absorb the air. So by breathing your mouth through your mouth, your mouth isn't um, developed the way that your nose is to handle all these infections. More likely to develop, um, also they'll catch viruses more or catch illnesses more because they don't have those those receptors that are basically filtering through the air. I have two questions for you, Megan. Number one is if a kid is a teeth grinder at night, um, do you bring a child to you to see what's going on and the structure of the mouth? That's number one. Number two is um, structurally as well, like what I do with my son with you, is the underbite, like a major underbite. When can you start a child 
you know, with therapy with the underbites? So that's, that's very, very interesting questions on both sides. Um, In terms of grinding and clenching, there are a few things that can cause grinding. Often in kids, what I see is there's about three phases where you'll see an increase in clenching and grinding. The first age is about five or six. Then you're looking at around 12, 13, and then at around 16, 18. And if you think about, oh, wait, that's quite interesting. In all those phases of my child's life, they are going through big changes. Five, six, they're going to school or they are in grade one. Um, 12, 13, high school. 16, 18, matric, going to varsity. So stress definitely does contribute. Sadly, our kids, even at the age of five or six, have external factors that cause stress to them. Stress can cause clenching and grinding. But what also causes clenching and grinding is actually sleep disorders. So what I mean by that is that the body's natural way when you are sleeping but aren't breathing properly, so you have a structural issue, the body's natural way to wake you up and to open the airway is by grinding. So often they'll grind and wake themselves up. Um, and that will basically allow them to breathe. So if you have structural issues, you will clench and grind. So definitely, definitely to basically make sure that it's not just stress that, that is causing this clenching and grinding, especially in kids, there are often external factors or interferences in the bite where your body naturally wants to try and get you out of it by clenching and grinding when these kids are young, that you treat the the airway issue, you treat the the interference, and you allow them to, to basically grow normally. And often your clenching and grinding reduces by allowing that to change. We are speaking to Dr. Megan Tumley. We are talking about early... Um early dentistry and what we can do to help our kids. Um, number one, be functional when they're kids, but also that they will have, have a lot more functionality when they're older. If you've got a question or a comment, it's um, 34519 is our SMS line. 061-895-1019. It's our telegram number. There you go. Thank you, Peggy. This is 101.9. Hi, FM. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. We're talking to Dr. Megan Cumley. We're talking about early intervention in terms of pediatric dentistry. So if a child is grinding, if a child comes with like a, a, a field of teeth coming out at every direction, what practical, obviously you're going to assess them. What can you do from your side to, to help the situation? So definitely what I try and do in these in these young kids is try and simplify the treatment as best as possible. I try and um, use appliances that they are easy, easily adaptable to or they can adapt easily to. And I usually try and do sort of multiple approaches at once. So, for example, if the upper jaw is, is narrow, is restricted, we put in usually a fixed plate, which goes a little bit quicker. And we basically correct the size of the upper jaw to allow those permanent teeth to come through and to create that space that we need. Um, What I also do is definitely train the muscles as well. Your tongue, your lips, everything needs to work together in unison. And you need to make sure that you aren't just correcting the teeth on the jaw, but you're actually focusing on that muscle training as well, which is easily retrained when they are young. Um, If you do not train the muscles behind the issue, 
you will have relapse over time. So by intervening young, not only is it simpler treatment, but it's also more stable. You are, you training, are, you, are you sorry? Are you training the muscles? Are you putting in an when you're talking about appliances? You're yes. talking about splints, right? So like things that look like a mouth guard or something that goes in the upper palate that slowly increases the size of the palate. How, how are you? How does that appliance help the muscle training? So what you do is you can add what we call a little tongue trainer onto these appliances as well. So if, for example, someone has improper swallowing, you have what we call a little tongue gate. It's basically like a little um, gate which prevents that tongue every time they swallow from sticking out between the teeth. You can also put little beads on those appliances to help strengthen the tongue. But it also involves many exercises like we give them Tic Tacs and we encourage proper swallowing. Um, and general musculature exercises, which help you to train the, the tongue and the function, which allows them basically to, to grow normally as well. And do you find that children like adapt really easily to having like, con so to speak, contractions in their mouth? Absolutely. They might lisp for the first day. Um, but kids are incredibly adaptable, which is also why doing this at a young age is so beneficial is because they're at that stage where they will do most things that that you tell them and and especially when you hit them at the right age when they're teenagers they're more self-conscious about things when they're at a young age it's quite cool to have a cool colorful plate in their mouth and it's the it's the exciting trend or a few brackets if um if the teeth are massively skewed and you want to correct them all at once but generally they are quite excited to have these things done but most importantly intervening young what that means is that firstly, your treatment is a lot quicker. Secondly, it's simplified. But most importantly, you are actually laying the foundations rather than camouflaging the issue. Um, and Feg, you did mention an underbite for, so for your boys who have that, that underbite. And that's one, often the case that's most interesting for us. Because there is a genetic component to that, with, with that lower jaw being too far forwards. But often these cases are so severe because of an upper jaw that's too far back or an upper jaw that's not wide enough. And if you correct that, if you correct the size of the upper jaw, you allow it to house the lower jaw, that can help them grow normally. And that is quite important to intervene with younger. So, Things that parents should look out for that should say, sure, I really should take my child to see a dentist. They possibly are needing some early interception. Is definitely mouth breathing. Okay, so what, 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 what age is that? What is the, what is the right age to bring a kid to you? So it's actually quite funny. We have this joke in our practice that the right time to bring your child in is when they are in the mom's womb. Because, <laughs> because that is essentially where everything begins where um, education, educating your parents on feeding and things like that begins. But basically kids should be coming to the dentist from age three and usually early interception can start anywhere between about six and nine. Um, sometimes later that's pushing a little bit. As soon as the teeth all start coming out, it becomes a little bit complicated. Um, but things to look out for, mouth breathing, either an underbite, overbite, if it looks like these kids have too many teeth in their mouth, it's not the case. It's just because there's um, improper growth of the upper jaw. Um, 
grinding can definitely be one, um, but habits as well. Some, the earlier you correct that, the better. Dummy as well, a, a nice trick for dummy is you just slowly cut off the end. Eventually, the child will get over it because it's not giving them as much joy and you will lose the dummy. Um, thumbs, what um, some parents do is tie plasters on the thumbs when those children go to sleep um, and that prevents them from, from thumb sucking. The nail polishes don't work. My question to you is that, you know, we take our kids at, in their teens to make their teeth straight. Yeah. Um, and it's so nice that we look at a mouth full of beautiful straight teeth, but the structure of the mouth and of the palate obviously is not 100% corrected, which means that the underlying issue is not corrected. So the people that are still walking around with beautiful straight teeth, could still have TMJ issues, could still have sleep issues, could still have breathing issues, sore necks, could, could still be teeth grinding, could still be doing so many of those things. Obviously, I mean, is is it complicated to kind of fix the, the upper palate at that stage? Um, and, you know, what could they do for that? So absolutely, the, the upper jaw is essentially functional bone. So what that means is that if you apply those forces on your upper jaw, you are able to get remodeling, theoretically, even in 80-year-old patients. So if you, for example, put a denture into an 80-year-old patient who never had a denture before, that force on the palate actually causes remodeling. So in theory, you can change the shape of the upper jaw as you are older, but the problem comes in with the rest of the growth. You are limited with the bottom jaw and you are very limited with the relationship of the upper and lower jaw as they get older. So the longer you wait, the more complex the issue could become. And it becomes an issue, like I said earlier, of camouflage often. If you don't get to neutralize that lower jaw, that is where all those um, those joint issues come in, is that lower jaw isn't sitting where it should. It's sitting rotated in the jaw. Um, and that causes problems. And if you just move the teeth around to make them look beautiful, you aren't actually allowing that lower jaw to sit where it should. Very quickly, because we have to go for a break, we've got the complications then of other other dentistries such as root canals, implants, and all sorts of other things, and that just exacerbates the, the entire situation. This is 101.9 High FM. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. Well, we have a couple of minutes left, and Megan, before uh, you can tell people how they can get hold of you, I think it needs to be said, and and, and I'm, I'm sadly talking from experience and under having under having had to undergo like like extensive dental rehabilitation in making my jaw much bigger, bringing down my condyles, like releasing my TM joint, like just doing a whole lot of stuff, and I had then complications of root treatments and 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 um crowns and implants it was a nightmare um i think it needs to be understood that if you invest early in your child you know um it 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 does tremendous it has a tremendous benefit when when we're older as opposed to now um you know me being of age where i've had to go through a, a lot lot more just simply because perhaps there wasn't even that knowledge i just had teeth pulled out 
you know, and filled with amalgam and just, just went down the dental, the, the, the general dental uh, route. So uh, if people would like to get hold of you, how can they? Um, so I am based in Bryanston at a practice called Dental Wellness Dimensions or Dr. Mike Holmes, Inc. Um, the telephone number for that is 011-463-1750. Um, and you can have a look at our website. You'll be able to find all our details there. Um, but yeah, but it really is fascinating how things from the mouth can affect the entire system. Your mouth is extremely vascular. You have so much blood supply in there. It is the opening to the rest of the gut. It is the opening to the body. Um, it is. And also to the brain. Like I learned how many, how many nerves went through the, like the, 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 the TM joint into the brain as well. Exactly. Exactly. It is really where everything begins. And there's been a shift, um, hopefully everywhere where People are focusing rather on prevention and maintenance um, because that is where it all starts. If you can teach your kid to have excellent oral hygiene, um, if you can train them to wear a gum guard when playing hockey and and, um, prevent trauma, if you can teach them how diet affects not only the mouth but the entire body and how keeping your teeth essentially um, we are just trying to beat God at, at his own game. Nothing is as good as what you originally get in your mouth. Um, that is essentially it. And um, some people need some help in terms of growth and development, but essentially your teeth are for the rest of your life. And we are living for so much longer that it really is the basis of, of where ultimately all of our, all of our goals should be trying to keep these teeth. Well, there you have it, summed up incredibly well. Thank you. We've been privileged to have you um, on um, online with us. And um, maybe we will engage more just on s- certain specific things in, in, in the near future. But thank you very much for your expertise. And the way you explained things was absolutely brilliant. This is 101.9 Kai FM.